What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Classic Quest Podcast. This is the show where we talk about albums like Conway the Machines, God Don't Make Mistakes, and we do a little album review going through the project, track by track, trying to establish if it fits into the classic realm of life, uh, regardless to when it came out. Uh, and yeah, today we'll be talking about Conway the Machines, God Don't Make Mistakes. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. I am your lady friend, Bonnie. And I am Chris Chrome. Awesome. Yeah, excited to get into this Conway the Machine review. Talk a little bit about this yes. project. Amazing. Oh, yes. So we like to start off all of our album reviews contextualizing um, our familiarity with the artist for all of you watching this in the future so that you understand how we came to be in this moment talking about Conway the Machine for some people who may be confused about that. Understandable. Uh, with that, Mr. Christopher, why don't you express how you came to become you know, um, a, a Conway the Machine person that listens to him. That was a terrible start. Got this, Chris. Um, so I, obviously it was probably from Headspace the first time we did uh, Griselda in any sort of way, um, which is Conway the Machine, Benny the Butcher, and West Side Gun. Uh, but from there, I remember there was like, because they, they all three of them like throw out different personal albums and individual albums, I should say. Uh, and I remember doing like Big Ghost LTD or something like that. We reviewed that project, which had Conway. And we, review we reviewed um, like West Side Guns, Hermes 7 and like No Fly God. And we've I've, I've been introduced to the Griselda team and Conway the Machine and all of them for quite a while now. But I, I kind of know what to expect. Very hard bars, very street bars um very boss move like bars as well every time i listen to either conway or benny uh specifically i get like a lot of this is how bosses should move this is what you're supposed to do like in the rap game and how you're supposed to like maybe move product or xyz or whatever so i've always gotten that type of feel from them uh very clever i really do enjoy west side's type of like love for fashion and designers and just the way he uses his voice so that's always been good um, and then coming into this project, I was just like, I don't know what to expect. Cause sometimes like they have just kind of more deep, really like hard, deep type of tracks. And then other times I feel like I get a lot of like kind of vibey tracks and really good. And I can understand what they're, what they're kind of going with in terms of the messages, but I did anticipate it's going to be bangers for like what Griselda does. Hmm. And what Conway does. Kind of where I'm at with it. Are you your lady friend, Bonnie? Um, I don't think I've ever listened to Conway the Machine. Um, and I know that you guys have covered it, like, you know, like Chris mentioned, uh, on like Headspace. I mean, I have listened to like some of like the Griselda people. Like I've listened to Beanie Siegel before, and I'm pretty sure I had listened, you know, like at least some of their songs, maybe not their albums. Um I'm pretty sure I did a Beanie Siegel lyrical breakdown. You did, I think. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, as for who was the other one? West Side Gun. I think I've also maybe listened to one of his songs, but I don't really like know much about him and like about <clears throat> these guys besides like, you know, what I hear from you guys talking about them. So that's it. Fair. Um, I only know about them at first because Bonnie did a lyrical breakdown. 
That's the funny oh. part of what just happened. Yeah, but no. And then she was like, look, they're signed to Eminem or something like that. And then you looked into it and you saw Griselda got that like shady distro deal thing or whatever their deal yeah. was. Um, and then I started listening to it. But for me, it all came from Tana Talk with uh, fucking Benny the Butcher. And then I reviewed mm-hmm. that and all the plugs mm-hmm. I met. Um, fucking a few other projects came along the way. I know we did the fucking Griselda WWCD project at some point. And I came to really appreciate personally the overall consistency in the way their three styles kind of blend together to create a cohesive movement of like, if you like the super duper lyric shit, you got Benny. If you want that more bravado, whatever shit, you can go down the West Side Gun for the flamboyant grandiosity or Conway for, like, the more subdued shit. And either way, they're all coming from, like, the same core angle. And I thought that dynamic was super nifty, to be real with y'all. I still do. Then COVID hit, and I basically haven't listened to them in, like, a fucking year. <laughs> like, honestly, I, don't, I was, like, sitting there going, shit, eh? I don't even remember the last time I put on a Griselda song. So I, I really liked them. But I also don't know if I how I was going to feel exactly listening to this project today and now. Because a lot's changed, I guess, in my uh, palette. But I was still excited because, yeah. like, deep down in my soul, I find that I make really good grind hustle boss music. I find there's a lot of good advice and interesting, like, ideologies in the way they spit their bars. So um, I was, I was kind of excited for it. Plus it's the big real deal album shit. It's not like a little, little deal album shit. Plus the man's is like, I'm off Griselda now. I'm off shady now. I'm a free agent now. Let's get it. And I'm like, mm, yeah. this gotta be really hot. And then you look at the, the feature list and stuff and you're like, this is either really hot or really feature studded. And I wasn't sure <laughs> going into it to be real with y'all. As far as the cover goes, I don't know. Every time we talk about Griselda, somebody shows up and explains what the cover is. So somebody can come do that. Like, for me, like, I don't know. It's gritty. It paints the ambiance. It's super in line with the aesthetic of the covers they do of these single-shot images showcasing environment and stuff. Usually there are significant people in their neighborhood that they put on their stuff. Who? (laughs) Fuck to find out. Um yeah i mean i like the cover uh you know it is like a younger guy like you know and it looks like he's exchanging something there's like an arm coming through like the fence or something um you know it definitely looks like grimy and dirty so you're definitely kind of getting like that vibe and like you know even like their surroundings like where they are looks grimy like the paint's all chipping everything's kind of like not so great quality you know anymore like it's everything's kind of falling apart and you know the guy is wearing a camo jacket like i don't really know if that is like anything significant you know it may just be for style or warmth but it could also be like you know implying that they're living in like a warlike state or situation or things like that like that's kind of what i assumed nice um i saw the cover and i was like I don't know. It's in line with what they've done. It's kind of very consistent, like with how they keep their uniqueness. Uh, I did just in my own, like assume it was probably somebody from the area, probably somebody from Buffalo, uh, somebody that they know or something like that, just because I've heard things in the past. Like these are people like on another project. I think it was like Shogun or something. Anyway, don't quote me. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I just kind of went, this this is a fitting cover for what I know 
Conway the Machine and Griselda to do. Uh, like Bonnie said, there seems to be some sort of exchange. Uh, it could be like a cold area signifying uh, if it is Buffalo, New York. So New York does get cold at times. So it could be that. I like the military jacket in terms of like, uh, if you think about the type of bars they express and the type of like gritty scenarios they get into, it's like, you know, that could signify some soldier-like mentality or stuff like that. So that was pretty much what I got. But I just went, I don't know shit. I'm just going to listen to the project and let Conway tell me what this is about. Facts. It does, in fact, look like a hand handing a, something to another hand, like a deal of some kind is transpiring in a gritty environment. I like the title, God yeah. Don't Make Mistakes, mixed with that cover, though. Like, I come from this. It's not a mistake. The things that happened in my yeah. life were not mistakes. I was supposed to go through everything I went through in order to arrive at where I am. And let me tell you about yeah. it. Talk to them. Yeah, mm. I like the title. I think it's really cool. Um, like, you know, it definitely is, like, signifying kind of, like, you know, that who and what they are is what God created. And, you know, like that there is kind of purpose and intent and meaning in your life, even if what you're doing seems like bad or dangerous or, you know, can is and scary or whatever. So I do think that there is like a good message within like the the title of this album. I also don't know if we mentioned it came out uh, just this week. It was came out uh, February 25th, 2022 did not mention that no but that's a good point to mention so y'all all y'all watching us talk about this it's been on for two days so if you're watching this in like six months and you're like bro how did you miss the that's how we didn't we don't know that's where we at you can mm -hmm. tell us in the comments though and i will read them all and be like mm, i'm more insightful and honestly via the comment section we sound smarter on griselda reviews so thank you comment people <laughs> on that note Lock, load, let go. All right, Chris, how do you feel about this song? So starting off, I do think this is a really strong intro. Uh, reason being is because like it kind of reminded me of who Conway was. It really did a good job at bringing you and kind of kind of giving you like an overview of who Conway the Machine is. Um, even with like the intro, yeah, it's spooky, way too spooky. Yeah, oh, look, it's like you're already getting this type of idea that things are about to get into some serious shit. Things are scary. Things are ready to go. Uh, then we get the pre-chorus with Conway the Machine. Everywhere I go, I got it on me. And I ain't letting, I ain't letting shit slide. Go ahead and try me if you want. I let this fucking clip fly. So it's like you already get this sense. Like he's he's always on point. He's always on guard. Like he's not one to be played with. He's not one to be tested with. So I'm like, all right, this, this is for me. I'm like, I kind of expect this. Cause I'm like, I've heard Conway before and stuff, but I think if you're somebody new coming into Griselda and this may be like, maybe even for Conway, this is kind of a good start to get you, to get you a, a an idea of what's going on. Um, I like how we got the chorus is just lock load, just very simple, letting you know what the, what the deal is really just kind of driving that point home. And then we got the first verse and I feel like the first verse from Conway really just gives you an overall image of what he, of who he is. You can go ask them other people. They'll tell you what's up. I already been through there and hit one of them up. I, so we know you badass. You're ready to, you're not going to fuck around. Your mom thinks you're crazy. Yeah. Your baby mama thinks you're nuts. That yeah, kind of I mean, shows you, you got reading the lyrics. <laughs> Right. But like there, the, for, for me, it was just kind of good. Uh, I did like it. I liked how 
I actually enjoyed the rocking bathing ape line because I watched um, a pop-up bathing ape thing that happened in Tokyo. And I kind of like just had that nostalgic image of what the, the clothes looks like. And they're really expensive. So that was kind of a flex to me. Um, and we come back into the chorus. Again, pretty solid. Uh, Beanie Siegel for me did well. Uh, I was like, I think this is maybe the first time I've heard him in a while. I can't remember. But um, I like how he was more descriptive in terms of just like the way the gun plays work, work out, some of the shootouts, kind of how he's really into that wicked stuff. Um, I like how he symbolizes the vest is obsolete when we squeeze from the, when we squeeze from the neck, the neck up. I like how he's like I really kind of symbolic. I think that's pretty direct. Not, I wasn't saying symbolic. I was saying more like it's just very <laughs> direct in terms of like we're killers out here. Like we don't. I wasn't trying to. Anyway, uh, I thought that the track was pretty dope. I thought it was solid. I left it with a 4.2 on 5. How do you feel, Bonnie? Yeah. Um, so this is, for me, like, like when I was first listening to it, I was like, this is a very much a Chris album. Um, like, I just felt like it was something that Chris would like. Um, you've got, you know, all like the... And like the... Like gun noises. Um, which... You know, it's definitely consistent on this album uh, throughout. And I get it. Let me just say, Bonnie, it's consistent for like six years, seven years. Easy yes, yes, throughout. yes. But like, I get like the point of it because like they're living in an environment where they're constantly hearing guns like going off and things like that. So I imagine that's kind of why they're including that. Um, so it's interesting, but it is like a bit like overwhelming. Um this definitely has like a grimy vibe for sure. Um, like you kind of get that like right off the bat, um, you know, just kind of about like how he's living life, how they're kind of like, you know, moving through and, uh, you know, like doing what they got to do, um, you know, lock and loading guns. Like that's kind of, you know, it's tied into the title lock load. Um, and then I think on, I think it's Beanie's um, verse. He mentions dance with the devil. So like that just made me think like that was like, uh, you know, like a shout, not a shout out or like, but like a um, an immortal technique influence perhaps um, in, ter in terms of like what he, he was talking about on the dance with the devil um, song. So that just made me think about that. So I give this one a 4.35, like it's good. Um, you know, there's tough talk, it's grimy vibes, and I thought it was a good start. I mean, this shit's ambiance, like, music to me. Like, that's how I feel. Like, it's painting a landscape in an emotional sense. Like, the beat right away. I don't even talk about the beat one time. The beat has this gloomy, spooky, kind of ambiance tone to it. Like, you in the middle of, like, this horror movie setting right so you're kind of walking through and it's creepy and shit waiting for a little jump scare to happen almost. spooky perhaps and he sets it off like that and i think it's kind of like you know this is the real life like i talked to some people from buffalo before and they'd be like nah nah it's it's kind of like that back in, especially back in the day and like i don't know about today times but like a lot of times people be talking about memories and context and explaining their story um, albums are often stories so I assume if you're making an album album there's got to be a story in here somewhere and this is a great way to almost introduce you um, to who he is and if I'm not mistaken back in the day it was on Rockefeller or whichever one Beanie Siegel's part of so yeah Rockefeller so it's like you know tying into his past and bringing in a feature from then um, mm -hmm. I might be off on that people in the comments I'm just kind of you know remembering 
But like as far as the what I like about in general the delivery is, is super because yeah the lyrics is what they are. I mean I don't know it's not really like stuff I've lived. I feel like he's very believable. I feel like Beanie Siegel's believable. It's super descriptive. It's painting some shit out, and it's a bunch of stuff that like I don't know. It's it's really not my life in a realistic way, but I enjoy the overall sense of fearlessness that comes out of it, the willingness to be prepared for the circumstances and do what needs to be done. And I think it's that energy that makes this so attractive, that makes it like, yo, in spite of the boom, 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 booms, look at me winning. And that's got like this element to all of the music that I find like shines through it. You can put on this gritty beat and Conway is going to navigate through it. You can put on a completely different beat and he'll navigate right through it. Beanie Siegel adds this creepy ass horror voice. Yo, it feels like he's fucking voiceovering mm. for some fucking horror shit. It's, it's really well done. And it's just fucking grimy. And his whole verse is this, again, descriptive ambiance of like fucking dark shit that goes on. And even if like he goes touring, gets the duffel bag shit, he still has to come back and that's still there that's still present and shit and it's the fact that like when your home is like this even if you can leave it's still like your home is like this and i think that's kind of a sense of what's being brought on and it's like contextualizing why you need a gun and why there's so much boom 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 booms and even like even like the idea that um you know, it invades the music like that. Imagine that's like what real life is like, you know, like it really is that abrasive and it really is like that. And I love the way Griselda and Conway, oh, Conway, I like the way they use ad-libs actually. All three of them do it well. But I feel like Conway, like a lot of his lines aren't meant to be this complex set of like rapidy rap flow shit. It's like, I'm going to say some shit and then I'm going to compliment that shit with an ad-lib. And I love that situation because, like you said, it's kind of like Migos in that, like, songwriting construction where it's super ad-lib reliant. But the ad-libs just punctuate the line so perfectly, like, go ahead and try me if you want. What's popping? Like, it's just the fact that he's willing to yell. It's like he don't even need a hype man. He's his own hype man. Yeah. And I fucking yep. like that shit. This shit for life, homie. That's my word. You know, like... It's just making sure it's like this constant double down, this assuredness, this overall level of confidence that comes through it. I find it really interesting. Um, I have this thing with Griselda songs where after a series of time, I find that it's often hard to like tell them apart by name after. I just know I like them when I hear them. But this okay. hook is really catchy and it really is sticky. The lock load like it's sticky and it makes the song more identifiable and stand out i find than other ones i've heard by them not to say there's ever a quality issue but like sometimes i feel like yo i can't even tell which griselda project i'm listening to right now not that that's a bad thing if you really like it it's good drugs um consistent and then um yeah beanie's verse is dope i said all that good shit i enjoy it i feel like it brings you into this world and as a start of the project almost like what chris was saying at the beginning there if you've never heard him before, I mean, welcome to Griselda. Welcome to Conway's life. This is what it is. And I think that is a cool yep. way to start the album for, you know, new peoples and whatnot. I give it a four and a half on five. It's extremely well made, extremely well mixed, extremely well produced, extremely like what it is. It's that new age 90s golden era shit that people claim didn't exist until Griselda came. And then Griselda became the golden child for all those people. I don't see a lot of young people really fucking with it. I don't see a lot of women really fucking with it. This is some dude shit. All right, let's move <laughs> on to Tear Gas. All right. 
Yeah, like like it's crazy I'm how like no matter where Rick Ross be at, there's the Maybach music. Like at first I hated it, now I like it. I just I like how it's like uh, the second time because I didn't catch it the first time. Like I, I caught it just because it's like automatic, right? But then on the second time, all you hear is the like the ma 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 ma, and then it just cuts. And I was like, imagine Conway was like, nah, 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 you you get once. I mean, it just kind of sounded like fire the way it is i think it sounded nice mm. on the song i mean how do you feel about this one chris um so i kind of saw this song in a particular way after i listened to it a couple times first off i want to get this out of the way wayne fucking killed his verse this the flow the the way he was rapping the syllable play just the insert of the words it was just really dope um ross does his thing i'm not really like the biggest rick ross fan so i just kind of go you're lavish and a boss dude you always kind of give that appeal so that's great and the way i took conway (laughs) is like i feel like there's this story arc in here so conway gives me this feeling throughout the verse that it's like he's kind of reminiscing on like what he's been through and just kind of remembering that like people around him have gone through through difficult times uh had like you know had issues he's lost some friends he's lost some family and he was just always just kind of on this business but then <clears throat> also kind of giving you this idea of like you know i had to do this by myself i had to really work by myself nobody was really ever there around and he kind of solidifies that with the chorus when he's expressing how when he got shot no one was there for him he had to kind of go through that experience alone which I was like, okay, that that that's really deep, and that must fucking suck, suck absolutely. But then Wayne comes in and not only bodying the verse, but like giving me this feel of this is kind of how he retaliated. Like, let's say if this was a song about a character doing something, Wayne kind of plays this role of like, this is where I retaliated throughout my journey. This is the things I did to kind of boss up and like really go through the struggle and really kind of do that. Which then again, uh, I feel like. When Ross comes in, Ross is like, I'm on the balcony. I listens to the bird chirp, 200 acres. And I'm like, yo, what if Ross is playing the role of like the guy who's like succeeding now? And like, that's like the story arc. So you got like the beginning, the middle and the end. And I was like, that's, that's cool. Cause even at the end of yes. Ross's verse, it's like, I keep, that is cool. Nice. I mean, I don't <laughs> I know if the you're guns right, and the drugs but it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, for sure. For sure. But even with like what I said, what I was saying, like my diamond sparkle model caught up in the turmoil. I keep the guns and the drugs just for the paranoia. That's the end of Ross's verse. And I was just like that. That kind of is what gave me that theory, that idea. So I thought it was really, really dope. I thought everybody stood out, did what they did, came in solid. And I gave this a um, 4.5, All right. How do you feel, Bonnie? <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you know, like you mentioned, Rick Ross and Lil Wayne are on this one, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, I'm a fan of both of these artists. Um, so he's kind of talking about how he's come up and, you know, people are fake. Uh, and even like those, you know, who maybe like his close friends may fall into that category. Um, but like he supports his friends who have gone through like the crazy lifestyle and the crazy life that he's aware of and like what he's gone through, um, you know, kind of talking about drug dealing and violence and, you know, having been shot, having been in jail, etc. like all of like those kinds of um, situations. Um, I definitely like the vibe that little Wayne brings on like the second verse, like his voice is just like so cool. So it's always like fun. 
um and like uh like this but like at the same time like you know the, as I was listening to this the, this just was like oh like this album feels like so far from anything that I would like seek out um that like I know like that like there's so much in this these songs that like I'm you know is definitely not the life I've experienced um and like this isn't maybe necessarily for me but I can appreciate uh what's being talked about and uh you know that it's a wild situation and you know just kind of like all of that so I do think it's a cool and like another heartfelt song and honest about like his life and how people react to him and his situation. And I suppose I am one of those people that is reacting to him and his situation and like what he's talking about. So very meta. Um, so I give this a 4.4 4 on five. Fair. When I listen to stuff like Conway, really what excites me is shit like, my little brother just came home from doing time. Put a bankroll on his pocket. I love to see him fly. VS on his neck, even if I got to give him mine. And my bro don't owe me shit. I just want to see him shine. And I look at lines like that. And I'm like, they be really giving like good advice and shit. Like, you could be reading business books to get that kind of level of, like, you know, knowledge. And maybe not everybody be reading books <clears throat> or getting good information. So... I find a lot of the music ends up being this flossy, glossy side of things to like validate I got expertise and knowledge, which is not different than the way corpo fuckers flex stats. You got to flex your stats and your wins. Otherwise, why the fuck are you going to get listened to? And then once you got the attention, you just drop in some wisdom and knowledge and shit. And I find that a lot of their music is laced with that. And honestly, I don't hear this shit from, you know, my peers. <laughs> my peers ain't be spitting yeah. words like, yo. Give some of your money to help your fellow man. Nah, my peers be wildly selfish in life. So, like, that's what the, the middle class corporate world is to me. Like, yo, protect your own, bro. And uh, fuck everybody else. So, in a lot of sense, the music I do hear from other camps doesn't really give that kind of, like, stuff I find highly effective in my growth. So, I don't know. I got a lot of interesting wisdom out of these buyers in general. I like the fact that he's, like you know, retired trapper, my idols wasn't no rappers, you know, it's just this idea of like, yo, I am who I am, because I set out to become a person that was myself, rather than trying to idolize these other people and copy their various gimmicks and images and shits, you know, from a kilograms yeah. to an astute businessman, I evolved myself into a better person and was able to migrate my circumstances from one, you know, like, this is all just wildly cool shit, you know, when you really listen to the things that are getting said in it, I don't want to break down like all of it is my life but he creates a harder context than anything i've ever lived and is able to create gold out of that that's inspiring to me i don't care how anyone else spits that shit um then you get the chorus where he just kind of lays it and it's not even like you know, it's just kind of a segue almost <laughs> i don't know they put a chorus on genius it feels like a segue um and then he got shot people weren't there for him then people weren't down to be there and now he's getting a bag and now people see him rich and it's they're scared of him for different reasons it's like people knew they weren't there and it's weird what happens to your life is i guess you start to succeed and i feel like it's a warning it's a warning because as you move up, you are going to deal with exactly some of these socio-political realities, even if maybe there's less doot 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 doots. Um, then all of a sudden, Lil Wayne and Rick Ross come in, and the ad libs go away, and it's like, man, those ad libs are fucking great, though. I kind of wish he just punctuated what they were saying with ad libs. But when you're doing a track with legends, after calling yourself a legend, 
smart choice on track two introduce yourself to the people <laughs> then bring in the big boys to be like look i can play with the big boys and sound and sound good and i feel like his style does work really well like in a sense like he's very similar to rick ross and then lil wayne is this high energy interval to serve as a break in the song to keep it kind of interesting and i like chris's like evolution of pace like conway and they all kind of feel like they're in the present thinking back to be honest except for rick ross who feels like he's in the present and then he has like two lines thinking back like <laughs> most of it's like yeah but like wayne does have this crazy flow where he kind of just it, it feels like he's in a cipher and he like picked up off of where you know conway was going and then just ran with it and then handed it off and then left and he just probably like did his shit and bounced and you know wayne really has an enjoyable flow i really like the yeah. idea that he's so willing to fuck a girl in front of her friends on zoom like that's a level of life that not many people get to live except Lil Wayne. Okay, Lil Wayne is one of those people that can get away with that shit. Um, like, just turn your camera off. No, the girls want to watch it. They're like, they can't fuck Wayne, so they can vicariously fuck Wayne through their homie. And they're into it. Like, that's a level of fucking life that I I mean, do what you gotta do. You know, like, that's a wild flex, okay? A wild fucking flex. And then Rick Ross sounds so peaceful and enjoying life in fucking happy places. Um, and then, you know, it's what Rick it Ross is. is a very peaceful man. Well, I mean, at the end, it's still a little hard. Contact the killers when shooters begin to service. <laughs> but he sounds so distanced and mob bossy and far away. But what I realized is each of these guys on this track are actually just knowing for saying like one-liners that people want to requote. And that, that's what it is. It's three guys that are fantastic at dropping one-liners. These guys are all one-liner fucking things i mean lil wayne is a legend undeniably and rick ross is in his like fucking second decade of multiple number one hits he's absolutely earned legend and conway is on his way to legend these aren't really that debatable Le longevity over time with accolades i mean no disrespect to yeah but no disrespect to him like if i wasn't doing hip-hop album reviews i don't think that i in my day-to-day -day life would have ever heard of conway the machine conway the machine or griselda yeah but like but i would have i have heard of in my like you know previous world and life i had heard of little wayne and rick ross yeah but rick ross was doing music for like a decade before it was at a point where you heard of him to be honest like if it fair. wasn't for Very that dj fair. khaled all i do is win remix when were you going to have heard rick ross except for maybe every day is <clears> hustling <throat> like he had a song here and there where he would have become forgettable to you and really Actually, you know what introduced me to rick ross fucking cat williams and his, the, like that was like his opening like, yeah. song that he would so do if and it, that's how i probably first heard about that was amazing i him. did do a lot for rick ross's career i'm not even gonna lie a lot of us basically listen to that song because of that but the fact is is like rick ross has been doing music since like what 2005 and he's still at it yeah. 17 years later legend I don't care. If you do music successfully for 17 years, you're a legend in this game. And Conway, yeah. his already, what they've done with Griselda, has had a top-tier influence on making lyric-focused hip-hop with really, like, sparse beats kind of hot again in older people. So maybe not legend yet, but, I mean, I won't be shocked if people are calling him a legend in 20 years. You know, like... It's just yeah, where you're at it. it. And I think he's trying to establish that with this song, right? Like, he done been through it, and he's contextualizing who his company really is, and they're co-signing it, you know? 
And I really like that sense. So if they're seeing it, like, who am I to argue with Lil Wayne about that, you know? <laughs> I like this track. I give it a 4.75. The Lil Wayne verse honestly sells it into something I would really, really like to listen to more often. The Conway verse is deeper, introspective, and has knowledge nuggets baked into it. I fucks with that. And I just, I'm when I'm in the mood for Rick Ross, I like Rick Ross. Yeah. All right. Well, that's let's all I gotta find say. out about some piano love. Let's do it. I think this one has a video, right, do, Chris? Do, 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 do it. Commissed for having a good beat that, like, really just kind of has these dingleys placed in this perfect, like, every... It's almost like when the flow of a rapper is perfect, but, like, when the beat is perfect because it feels chopped up in, like, a really, like, non-standard timing that just is super jarring and creates this super deep ambiance. I really yeah. like the beat. Uh, how do you feel about this, Chris? Um, I like it. I think that Conway does a really great job with following the different type of beat breaks that is made and that, that off time and feel. So that was cool. Uh, I got an essence of this is kind of expressing how the environment around him, the atmosphere, uh, I got the sense that his area is kind of like full on jungle type vibe, like shit really goes down. Um, I like how he references Rick the Ruler in terms of like uh, the necklaces. I thought that was cool and very hip hoppy. Um, but I overall, I don't actually get this. Like, I just enjoyed the vibe, really kind of went with it. Um, and I thought it was really consistent. I thought it was like, this is this is what we're going to get. Uh, I gave it with a 4.2. How do you feel? Yeah. Um, I don't really have so much to say about this one either. I mean, just kind of, it's quick and synopsis. Um, it's just kind of about um, his hood life and like what he's experiencing. And, you know, definitely the, like, the, the beat is kind of like what stands out on this song. Um, it's creepy. It's somber. It kind of has an eerie looping piano bit to it. So it definitely like kind of like you said, you know, it's kind of jarring and off putting a little bit. But it's like, you know, like piano is for me is like a beautiful instrument. And, you know, to kind of have like this like beauty in the beat and like this like grimy feeling is kind of it is jarring and it's off putting. And so like, it's kind of cool how like they did that. Um, you know, it definitely puts you in like a dark kind of mood. So it definitely accomplishes what it's supposed to. So um, yeah, I gave it a 4.3 out of 5. That's all I got to say. I like this song. It's got like a whole vibe to it. I mean, first of all, shout out his lady who's so like dope that she'll like get, he gets her the huge ass bag, but <clears throat> she then uses that to sneak the gun in. You know, it's bigger than just get her a bag. It shows a utility value to a large purchase. Maybe it helps with the loyalty situation. I don't know. Girls might be like large bags. I don't know what to say about that. But it's it's practical advice shit. It's like not just flexing. There's like more to it, I find. Uh, maybe I'm just reading into it. Or, but it's always kind of what I felt listening to their shit. Like, hmm, that's some good advice, yo. Make sure you yep. find a double use for that big ass bag you bought her. Make it an <laughs> investment in your future. And then find somebody down the ride like that and shit. You know, it's nice. And then hey, there's this level up feel that's going on. But a level up feel that still comes with the environment that they're in. Where it's like, you know, he paints the, the first line. Hood still eat the ramen noodles. Like, this is still where it's at. And then, you know, we still making money. We still rising. We still doing our stuff. It's still the environment. It's still everything. 
and then I just kind of really, really like enjoy again the little bars that kind of poke in that I find super interesting. Like I don't care what city you from, you saw that I'll salute you. I'm just like, okay, that's an interesting idea. So it's now about yeah. less about hoods and specific things. It's more about respecting the people who respect the game and creating more profit and shit out of that situation. But also I think it's about like respect from like other hoods. Like everybody, you know, even if you're, you know, you're in this hood and you're in another state and you're in that hood, like the experience is but it's more or less similar but i think it's even just beyond that it's like think about the language if you solid i'll salute you now you just have to be a stand-up person regardless of where you at you just have to have honor and respect in your moves to earn that respect and it's almost like yeah you know and yeah there's the rest of it that comes around it and maybe i'm just extrapolating it but i find like this shit's good advice for like fucking like corporate life and other places too you know it's it's super nifty or just lines like my young boy quit drinking lean he going cold turkey just to create these environments that you're in imagine having to suffer through going cold turkey off a of lean that sounds like a miserable fucking experience to be honest with you after watching that disney show on like oxys and shit yeah um and then does lean have like an addictive element to it yeah i don't, like, I don't know if people do it because it's codeine they... isn't it it's codeine okay. right yeah i guess i never thought about codeine promethazine activist depending on which one or whatever it is um okay. that's all i know i think it's i've heard i've had friends who've done it and they're like you're more addicted to the feeling in the high when you like pass the point of sleeping and everything gets wavy but i okay. I passed out when I tried it. <laughs> All right. So I mean, it's it's a painkiller, so it's in that camp. Um, yeah, I get it. Okay. I also like the sense. way he brings back the spooky concept, tying it into the other songs, so that you have that album kind of like ambiance to it, because it's important to reference yeah. your own work in an album. Also, the last line I just wanted to bring up, um, water turned off in the trap, fuck it, the stove working. Now, this is a line to me that says, listen, sir, you're going to face obstacles in life. And sometimes things aren't going to go the way that you don't like. If you can still make it work, even if it's harder, make it work. Okay, fine. Maybe now if the stove is working, you have to go to the store and buy jugs of water. Obstacle, not fucking, you know, breaking it. So it's stuff like that where when I listen to it, I find myself pondering on how to maneuver and I find it really like helps me make bigger, better decisions in life. So that's usually what happens when I bump Griselda shit. The beat's ridiculous. Like I said, he rides the fucking perfectly. I love the way he does the ad lib complimenting his lines, like I've said. Uh, and I think the fact is he's super consistent. But the way he's able to pick beats and kind of move the narrative along is still really cool. Like it feels like the first track was like really like the beginning an introduction of who he is the second track is kind of painting a picture of where he's at now but then don't get it twisted this is still where i'm at too so it's like saying both sides of my life you know and i think that's really kind of interesting to start off a project mm -hmm. like that um i think it's a 4.5 on 5 I'm not going to like pretend like I'm going to go run back and throw this one on right away because it kind of has that Griselda effect where it blends a little bit to other ones. But if this came on, I would never like skip it either because like, you know, I'd just bump it if I was in the mood for Griselda and all that shit. Like it's like a very high quality, perfected version of like what I feel <laughs> some other other stuff is. Um, anyway, that's all I got to say about that one. 
Um, All right. Hold on. Let's check out drum work. Come back, Chris. We missed you. So very much. Uh, this is going to be a journey. Can you tell us what you think about this song, drum work? Kind of felt like a new rapper introduction posse cut to me. I've never heard of whatever. Don't the worry, she's stressing is. how you pronounce her name right. Seven exactly, and genius seven seven the genius. I don't know. I I guess. Um, and Jay Skeezy, I've never never heard of these two, but I do think it's really cool that Conway uh gave them the opportunity to rap next to them it clearly shows they got skill they got talent that if conway is going to put you on the project you clearly have put in the work the hard grind so shout out to them praise to them for that uh i like i like um overall the song is cool uh i think because it's called drum work I don't know if that's like a double entendre for like the drum of a gun and getting down to business because there is some sort of like bars in there and here that have that feel to it. Uh, but I think it's also in representation to his uh, brand drum work, his like little thing he's got going uh, and maybe turning into a label with these artists. So I thought that was cool. Oh. Uh, I did like <clears throat> how Jay Skeezy uh, at one point was addressing like, uh you see we legends in the flesh now it's time to give us as daisies not later and i like how he's kind of bringing that in like don't listen to it like praise us now acknowledge us what we're doing now um maybe in hopes to like want to give back and help with all that support or whatnot but i like how they're just kind of like really real about what they do and uh they spit they spit well so i gave this another 4.2 and bonnie nice um, so this one is just sort of like, you know, they're talking about that they continued working and making money all throughout the pandemic. And like, you know, even that didn't stop them. And, you know, they're, you know, still dealing and they all have like nice cars and jewelry. So they're living it up. They're living well. Um, I like Seventh the Genius it's or whatever the her genius, name is. Yeah, I Googled it while we were talking. It's Love the Genius. Love the Genius. Well, anyways, whatever her name is. I thought she did a good job. I liked her her sound and her vibe. Um, I, you know, I appreciate your your insight, Chris, because I had no idea that I was like a, you know, and some sort of brand of his. So I thought that was cool um when you said it. Um out, at this point for yeah. I'm like, at this point for me, when I was like listening to this album, like I was like, ugh, like I like really was not like loving it. Like, and I was like, felt like I was having such like a weird adverse reaction to an album. And I haven't felt like that in like a really long time. So like, that's kind of what I was like experiencing. Like at this point, as I was going through it, I was like, this is like, I'm like, I would rather listen to horror core than listen to this. Um, like, like I just felt like I couldn't connect with it and uh, get like drawn into the lyrics and stuff like that. So it's not that I didn't like it. Like, it's just, you know, it just made me think that like this was not for me. But like, I, you know, I wasn't sure whether I was going to like continue listening to it like at that moment, because I don't know if it was just like in my head. But um anyways i'm here now and so you know that's what we're we're gonna keep going through it so anyways at this point like if you wanted like a modern grimy hood song like this this is it so i gave it a four on five yeah 
that's what's up. And for the people <laughs> like wondering why we do this, even if it's not our favorites, because yo, honestly, that's how you learn. Like the first time, sometimes you bump some shit like this, you may not like it, but then you keep hearing it, you see more and more of it, and via exposure and understanding, I find you can like like it more, or not, but at least appreciate it more. And it's worth it, yeah. like looking yes. at stuff you don't like if you want or are not comfortable with if you want to truly be an open-minded human being. Um, but I was really into this bar from Conway. OG told me, keep them feelings in your chest. Just kill them with your success. And I fucking swear, that is like a hood way of describing what my boss says to me and my one-on-ones at work. That's <laughs> not like even, nope. I'm sitting there at the lunch table. Psh, we all getting smart with my money now, talking investments. Like, this is just success talk a lot of the ways. Like, the yeah. specific, like, nuances of the lifestyle are mad different. The wisdom and knowledge are mad exactly what people be telling me in my world and my experiences. And it's lines like that that got me really more into some of this shit in general. It was, like, 38 Special, one of them, that really, like, was like, Oh, say what? Just be, like, the same shit Robert Greene talks about and stuff. <laughs> and, mm. uh... I don't know. It makes me look for those buyers in the midst of the stuff that, like, isn't necessarily, like, what am I supposed to say? You getting smoked, you put a hand on me. Yeah, fair enough. I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> um, overall, I love the way he flexes on this verse. This beat comes in with a different energy. And I like the fact that the beats all sound pretty distinct while being super similar. They're still in this grimy vibe. Um and then I almost like the fact that he really is just putting on his artist here because it is like saying, look, I'm a legend, but part of being a legend is to put people on, which he said two songs ago. And then what's he doing? He's taking two of his people and putting them on a Shady Records release. Like, that's fucking fire. That's some, like, nice things to elevate them. And Love the Genius is hard, and her flow is really cool. Like, if you're listening to the way she places her syllables, she really leverages timing in a way where... I found it really, like, impressive. Like, it's not easy to play with the flow the way she'd be playing with the flow in her delivery while still being completely on point. And everything she says is kind of hard, but still, like, human. I don't know how else to put it. But, like, I really enjoyed listening to her. I really thought she was great. And it's, like, when yeah. people bring up, uh, where are the girl rappers yet? Shut the fuck up. They're all over. Y'all just don't look for them. And every time I go looking for girl rappers that be spitting fire bars, they're everywhere. Um... And then I don't know who Jay Keese is. Never heard of him either before, to be honest with you. But I really like the line, 5'10", I walk in like I'm, enorm uh, I'm enormous. Because I'm 5'7", and I walk in like I'm 6'3". I'm not yet at the 6'7 phase. I'm working on it. Um, they let me in the game. I locked in and vaulted. It's like, yo, when you're given that chance, dominate it. Like, you have to put that level of effort in. You know, like, I just, I, I enjoy listening to shit like that. It's like a reminder of how hard you have to put that work in all the time. That's basically what I get out of this kind of shit. <laughs> um, overall, it's fucking nice. It's a it's a cool posse cut. And what I thought was dope is how they sounded so good next to Conway. And it isn't one of those shit where people sound kind of whack. It's like, nah, this is possibly one of the nicer songs. Like, I like it as much as I like the Lil Wayne shit. So I'm moving it a 4.6. It's a good song. Wow. I really enjoyed it. It's uh, I like Conway with features. I really do. I think he's one of those guys that just he shines with other people around him if it's not named Marshall Mathers. Because damn, Eminem <laughs> fucked up that song. Anyway, let's talk about Wild Chapters. Chrissy Poo, how do you feel about Wild Chapters? I like the way they spoke in like what I interpreted as chapter form. 
Like they kind of gave you like four bars of one thing, four bars of another, four bars of another. And it kind of layered into these like chapter-esque feels to it, which I thought was cool. Uh, Conway to me kind of gave me still this like reminiscent of the past, looking back on where he was and how he came up. Uh, still kind of keeping that same type of energy that he's been he's been going through. I like how he kind of go uh, how he goes told my girl I apologize this time I mean it like you can hear some sort of like sincerity in it but also like in the way I kind of also looked at it was like you lied about this like the way you're kind of explaining the story and how like this was in the past you may have said that to kind of keep her around but lied about it I thought that was a little bit relatable in my opinion to me um I like how the chorus novel does a great job on the chorus, by the way. I like how he's like, I'm so fried all day on my grind, always seen foul, foul times. And it's just like, yeah, I, I can relate. Maybe not the foul, foul times, not as from what they're from, but the being fried all day and on the grind kind of being burnt out. Maybe they're high or something, however you want to interpret it, but like working, trying to trying to just keep going. The fact that they emphasize that the world's so cold, that's just like, you got to keep hustling all the time which kind of for me set up the second verse with T.I., how like he just kind of expresses he's been chasing money since the beginning. He's always been on that profit. Uh, even in the, the first couple lines, he kind of gives you this like, I knew I had to run for the money. I knew I had to do what I had to do. I like how he expresses, you know, we're out here trying to get out of the trenches, just trying to find that that next success level, that better life, that that next level up. So that it was it was super, super cool. I really liked how it was more smooth, more mellow. It didn't have that aggressive feel to it. It had more of like, I want to say like R&B type-ish, just on this like vibe sense. Um, but it was dope. Verse three, we got novel. I liked him. I didn't really kind of always get what he was saying, but I liked how he did it. I liked the kind of sing-songy vibe to it. It was cool. Um, yeah, overall, I gave this a uh 4.5 on five i thought it was dope yeah um i mean this is i don't know i thought it was kind of cool that ti was on here i don't know who novel is but you know uh you know i never encountered them before um so this is about like him and like he kind of knows that he's done um a lot of like dangerous you know things and whatever and he's just kind of reflecting and he's talking about that he had a son but he died and uh you know kind of dealing with that and like how you know the woman that he that you know that had this child is like how it affected her and like their relationship as well and so like all of these things um so you know all very sad hard difficult situations to go through um novels good like he's singing um ti is kind of rapping about like the trap life um oh, i'm sorry i like my computer's all glitching too weird we're all having these weird issues no, i'm all right um yeah, I'm like, um anyways so yeah so ti is rapping about the trap life and like kind of what he's gone through and like his experience um and it's all sort of like heartfelt and honest and you know true to their own experiences and novel um you know like i said he's good but a little less like hoodie i found i found um but still talking about like his like inner pains and like the things that he's gone through so overall it's kind of a sad song um so but it's you know reflective and you know honest so i gave it a 4.215 
I like this one because, like, as much as we want to talk about how constant everything might be, this is clearly a completely different song in terms of tone, intention, everything. This is the yeah. consequences of what they were just describing and how it affects the people around it. Like, um, but I'm uh, all I did was write pain, but I'm still running the streets. Mama, hope uh, one day I might change. You know, it's like. Oh yeah, his mom is impacted by the actions of his life and shit, you know? Or the way he yep. does talk to his girl and apologize and try to make things better, but then also like pointing out again, look all the people I'm feeding. Again, you have to look out for the people around you and almost like the level of responsibility that comes with the life he's living and it's like this reflective tone on the consequences. <clears throat> or the fact that he had a son a little while and when he died know it was hard for you to smile after like that's a very big bar of sadness okay yeah like it's really heartfelt and but he delivers it with this cold callousness that he delivers like everything with and i think that's part of it like it just feels like everything is so scarred that like when he says in the other track like picture me stressing it's like yo he can't he just has to go do all this shit so you know so how the fuck i'm supposed to be a proud rapper story of my life shit got wild chapters so it's like you know, he had another kid in the midst of all this shit with that other kid. Like, you know, like that's some wild shit that he got up to that he's confessing to and telling you about it and just kind of like letting you know that this stuff that happens sometimes that isn't exactly good that you're responsible for too in the middle of all this. And then in the middle of that, you're still grinding. You're still fried. This is all shit that's happening around you, but you still have to keep pushing is what I felt from that chorus. And then T.I. comes through and... I mean, I feel like he does the T.I. version of it. I don't know how else to put it. He's a very articulate dude that raps the way he does. And he literally touches the exact same topic. <laughs> and um, I like the way he raps, though. I really do enjoy it. Like, elevate your comprehension. Consolidate your vision. If you were born to stand out, you wasn't meant to fit in. That's a very interesting bar. Because especially when you're trying to, like, stand out and grind out your shit sometimes you like get to a point where things might not be working the way you think they are so your instant move is to in a sense try to find a way to fit in better with other people but that's not yep. really standing out no more so it's like having faith in yourself and shit you know anyway i just really enjoyed his verse and again he's got little ti nuggets and if you like ti nuggets they write here for you but it's also a cool <laughs> feature because his past is kind of littered with weird emotional discretions uh, indiscretions and some bad decisions and shit like that too and you know you either play the shit perfect or you go to jail from hoping i ain't got no warrants in florence italy Turin, machine and the king from i don't know what that last line means but like just the idea of it like you have to be perfect with it or you get clipped and then just imagine trying to worry about warrants and shit i never did but i imagine that's a stressing situation you know um novels versus um cool. well i think it has to do with that last line i mean my i'm going to interpret it that it is about florence the machine mm, fair that's fine i forgot that that's a real bad thing um but then novels versus cool i feel like it's more peaceful or calmer or just from another perspective of it i really like the the world's in a hurry it's hard to instill patience yeah we do for reparations still waiting but they stay it's like the combination of how like you know stopping the smell of roses ain't really a thing we do no more mixed with it's also hard to be patient when you're waiting on shit that doesn't appear to happen that is owed to you slash due in your perspective and shits and yeah decades and decades and i can't imagine some of that shit it's really fr it's like a 
kind of it's interesting to listen to from that fucking outsider perspective a bit but i'm sure inside of all of us we can kind of find some way to find a moment where patience is complicated but in a sense it's like from the perspective of you need to is the way that's written you still need that patience even if it's complicated and i think that's what makes it kind of an interesting line um overall the beat's not as much my shade it's on some more r&b solely vibes which is less my cup of tea and it's a nice chorus i think it shows a very different side of conway which is good because it's less of the grittiness and it kind of creates a more accessible emotional feel to this project which again shows versatility more than the oh conway be doing the same thing on every track vibe that you might otherwise be spitting that kind of is broken in this album a bit <clears throat> anyway yeah. i enjoyed it a lot but I'm not giving it no 4.5. It's like a 4.1. Like, I would not really listen to this again, but I really appreciate its existence and its placement within the project is really good for the project. I just don't, eh, it's not really for me. Um, next one is Guilty. All right. How do y'all feel about this one? Um, This is actually really good. And I think what really stands out to me in this is how Conway expresses this idea of like, well, first he explains to you how he gets Bell's palsy and then follows up with like how people kind of address and make comments about his face. And he's trying to really focus it more on the lyrics. And to me, that's really like, it shouldn't matter what people look like. Or kind of what the experience or what the appear appearance is, you really should kind of listen and and listen to what people have to say. More value the words. That's something that really kind of stood out to me. Uh, just kind of how he went through the storytelling of what happened to him. Um, the the rest of it was pretty solid. It shows that he still is able to bounce back, get the work in, even if he feels like you know uh, he's not gonna be able to accomplish because he got uh, he got shot and dealt with that tragic incident um really shows like he kind of ends it off with like showing you like i'm prepared i'm always ready now because of that experience that taught me like a really huge life lesson um and yeah i thought it was really solid it was pretty quick one of the shorter ones on the project and uh, i gave it a 4.215 yeah how do you feel um so you know it is talking about um you know he's talking about when he got shot in the neck and how he ended up in the hospital and now how he has bell's palsy um you know and all of this kind of like history and things that he's gone through um and even though he's you know he's had all of these horrible you know near-death you know experience or you know other bad experiences he is you know so much more because of these things he's appreciating every single day that he has as a gift like it's you know he's just being really thankful and living it up and he's just trying to make the best of life and you know he's making money and he's just trying to grow um so it and, and like I like the beat it's a nice beat um you know and it is just sort of about his growth from the moment you know the horrible moment from when he was shot and everything that was his life then to what it is today so he's just kind of reflective so i thought it was a really nice song i gave this one a 4.4 on 5 i like this one especially because like i said i'm pretty sure when people make album albums they all be trying to tell stories as much as people like to pretend that's not a thing that happens anymore 
Um, and in this case, if you think about the last one, Wild Chapters, as a transitionary point, like the first four songs establish almost like the expected Griselda material. They gave you that shit. And now we're moving. And I'm not saying they don't do this other kinds of stuff on other projects. I'm just saying within this thing, you got like the, the more like heavy, gritty shit. Then you started moving into the more pensive part of it all. And here, like this whole song is really interesting in the sense that it's almost pointing out inadvertently how much people care about the superficiality of things like image and brand and all this other stuff. Whereas at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, he feels he's one of the greatest rappers ever. And like he'd be coming through. And if you were to pay attention to his bars and the way he spits instead of how he looks and other such things, you know, you guys already said it, that type of shit. Um, I just really, really liked how he rhymed hysterically with dopest of any era machine. I thought that was a really nice rhyme. I enjoyed listening mm-hmm. to that at just like the level of it. Um, and I feel like the song is cool. It really serves the purpose of also showing a different side of him. Like, it's not that he's sensitive, but he's aware. He sees what you're saying and he's just showing you, like, yo, these things don't bother me because of these things. And I really like that point of it. And he's willing to put that level of effort in to push it to like, the harshest of circumstances he's sorry he's been through the harshest of circumstances literally almost dying and then being stuck with literal permanent complications because of that what can you really tell him you know that's a big thing and he's really been pushing some shit and now he's here winning but another big thing is that he never flipped up even when people didn't feel him when he was just feeling himself and it was just him he still didn't switch up my pitch he stayed true to myself and take whatever i get a lot of people rapping, they don't spit it like this, you know, like he's stuck true to his own style and his own sense of self. And now all this time later, he has his own style that really stands out compared to other people and other people kind of get compared to him when they try to adopt it. He's done a really amazing job with that. And I feel like it's a cool way to take something like getting Bell's palsy and turn it into a complete badge of honor and a strength of motivation. This shit's inspiring as fuck. It's like a four and a half. I was five just going to say that. It's really I, cool. I was just going to add that. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got to say about Guilty. And then the next one I'm pretty sure does have a music video. It's uh, John Woo Flick. feel about this? Banger. Straight banger. Gets the crew together. Gets, gets Benny the Butcher. Gets West Side Garden. And... I, I don't know what any of this is supposed to mean besides <laughs> <laughs> like facts. I'm just going to be, the, I'm just going to get this out of the way. I don't know. Like, like John Woo flick. I'm like, okay, is this a move? It's clearly something about a movie. Maybe flick. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's like the flick of the wrist. Maybe it's some fucking whatever. I don't know. But I do like the way they're rapping through this. I do like the energy. I do like just everything about it. Um, I missed West Side. West Side, I always kind of just feel like I want your voice. I want your ad libs. I want your energy. I have no idea what anything you are saying means. I'm just like, it's hype. It's dope. I just, I'm going to go for it. Um, Benny gave me that like really kind of lyrical, trying to be like standing out there, made some cool, like, I guess, sports rhymes. I don't know it was dope and conway also did the conway thing that i've been getting so that was super cool too 
Um, I assume for the chorus, it's like sprayed 80. The baby woke up. I guess it's like 80 bullets just in terms of the energy we're getting and kind of like how there's like the boom, boom, booms everywhere. So I was like, yeah, that kind of gives this dark-esque feeling to the song. So that's cool. But like, honestly, I'm just really in it for the vibe and like the flow of the rapping and just the whole energy of it. I I didn't really kind of care about a lot of the lyrics when this came on. So I gave this a 4.5 on 5. And I'm going to leave it with that. Yo, indie rappers, that's how people listen to your music. All of you. What Chris just said, <laughs> that's how people listen when you be doing your lyrics. And then you'd be mad that people don't get it. But that's how people actually listen to music. That's a how lot people of the listen. Time. Big yeah. lesson. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Conway. And so, you know, background information, I guess, uh, in case you cared or didn't know. Um, Conway and Westside are half brothers and Benny is their cousin. So it's like the Partridge family up in here. And, um, so, (laughs) so like, it's just, they're just talking about like, you know, violence and like their, you know, daily life and like the realities of like, you know, the hood and all of that. And that they're just kind of all like badasses and living like kind of like that wild hustling life. And that's, you know, and that they all live hard and they're all from a hard place. And like, they all kind of have similar experiences because they're all like family. Um, And it's like super grimy. And then we've got a lot of the doo-doo dudes and the other gun sounds, you know, which at this point for me, it was like getting old, but I get that this whole thing was supposed to be about the guns and like the violence and things like that. Um, You know, like, and then you see like the music video and, you know, he's holding a baby and holding like a machine gun or whatever, a big ass gun um, at the same time. And I, you just think that that's like, you know, I don't think he's actually holding his baby. It just looks like a pile of blankets. But um, <laughs> like I, the reality of that is what he's pulling from. So like, that's pretty fucking wild that that is, uh, you know, a thing that people do. They're holding their baby and they're shooting other people. And it's just like this wild life. It's just like whatever. Um, and like for me, like I didn't really get like the John Woo flick, but I also don't know anything about John Woo. I think it's Keanu Reeves. Like I'm not a hundred percent, but you know, I'm guessing, you know, a lot of people like Keanu Reeves because he's like badass, weird, shooty, whatever guy. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I like the family connection on this one. And um, I, yeah, so, that's it. 4.35. So John Woo's a director, dude, I'm pretty sure that makes movies. Oh. So he's got a lot of movies he makes, of which when I Googled it. Um, I thought it was John stuff uh, like Keanu Reeves character possible too and I don't know mm. the, you know I, I'm not gonna just google John Woo movies I'm clearly not knowing my John Woo shit either I'm not that guy but Vince Price would be very disappointed in me right now and I accept yes. that um I like this one um again with the lyrics it's on that flexing I feel like it's like the band's back together this is like um absolutely for the people that damn well expect there to be these three dudes on a single track on this album uh it's ambiance i like the video a lot with the the aesthetic of the street fashion mixed with the high-end suits mixed with like the environment of posh and like griminess put together and i feel like 
one of the interesting things about this song is how each of them feel like from their perspective they're putting on for like the next set of it you know like they're 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 building for others is is a sense of what i got like they came from it and they're still whatever but like look at how benny be like you know i got people below me and shit we be we pushing it i don't know i can't justify this point that well so i'm moving on but that was the vibe i got from it it didn't feel like as much in the beginning where it was like we hustling we the dopest now it's like we're so fucking dope we're expanding and i, I really like that like energy shift maybe i'm reading into it a bit much west side gun's voice has absolutely grown on me um for people who listen to west side gun for the first time and go fuck this guy's voice i don't know what it is but the 50th time you hear it you're gonna like it i promise it's gonna be good it's one of those things like I imagine pickles is where if you eat enough pickles, you become loving of pickles enough to def- fucking fight over them and shit. Um, and then overall, it's it's dope. I enjoyed it. I never try to interpret West Side Guns bars. I don't know whatever the fuck he's talking about either. I just love the way he delivers everything with an elegance and confidence and clearly has this blend of sports and fashion and hood shit all blended together into this cool melange that he does with eloquence and... He's got a very standout voice. The beat's very gritty. It feels very proper. feels very in line with what you would expect from it all. Um, they dance on it properly. Everybody's flow is extremely precise. The way the ad-libs are placed are absolutely perfect. And just like overall, it's it's more than a well-written song. It's a really well-produced song. And like it's at a level of like super dopeness in terms of this style push to like it's almost like taking the underground shit of the 90s and making it palatable in a pop way and i think that's what they do very well they manage to not lose the grittiness while making super fucking nice sounding shit where like it sounds good on modern headphones in a non-nostalgic feel <clears throat> and i like that a lot so that's cool i gave it a 4.5 i don't know what to say about it um we can move nice. on to the next song which I will forget. Stressed. Cool. Cool. All right, Chris, how do you feel about stressed? Um, man, I feel, I feel, I just feel sorry for Conway. Um, just hearing the stories and going through it. Um, it's, it's really deep. And I feel like this song is very heavy the way he just kind of, screams out for i guess like a call for help uh questioning if people wonder if he's stressed does anybody care i like how he acknowledges though that it's like i guess because he doesn't go around and enough people they don't really see that he's kind of stressing he's dealing it with on his own terms um but also i guess there's that overwhelming feeling of when you are going through a lot of a lot of turmoil or a lot of struggles and as in the first line tri- trials and tribulations it's like you 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 kind of do start to think like do people actually give a shit about me do people really care about what i am going through um i like how the first verse kind of gave me this essence of like talking about friends helping people it's because he made 10 million dollars with the, when shady paid him that people start kind of maybe changing acting different expecting him to yep. kind of like feed them and support their career or their life essentially um but quickly forgot how like they may have just lived with him or he may have like took them in for a night or this that like other things that you would do for like your friends your family members and like all the other things that don't really come with money when times were really really hard 
So there, there, there's that struggle of like, when you start to succeed, how people really start to change. And that's, uh, that's something that's a little bit relatable there. Um, again, we got the chorus, which I thought was super dope. Um, the second verse still consistent. Um, I like how he's kind of explaining some ways, like he's kind of coping with certain shit kind of gives you this, this insight into when he had to deal, uh, like kind of letting you know, he had to deal with the hospital with his baby dying. And it's just, that that kind of just really made me sad. I was like, dude, nobody like you shouldn't have to go through that. That's fucked up. Um, you know, prayers, condolences, all that. Um, and then it just it just kind of just goes from there. And then the third verse to end it off on such a person, like even more personal, where he's like letting you know that even from 10 months old, he was abused and shit like that. It just it's this has been his entire life is just like. I see why you put in the work. I see why you are where you are today. That, that drive, that anger, that, that hunger, that, that want to have a better life. And, and that change is, is just so prevalent in this song. Um, very powerful. I found in my opinion. Um, and then like I, I wallow. And I, at first I was like, I think that's wallow from Gillian wallow million dollars worth of game. I looked it up now it is. So I'm comfortable saying that. Uh, and I like just that inspiring speech he has after you get this whole like dark, gruesome, different tales or, you know, wild chapters of uh, Conway's life. And it's like just you are going to make it. You are going to get through. You are going to push you like you're just going to come back better and stronger every time. And that's just it's just really, really powerful. Honestly, this is the first five on five for the song. I don't know. Maybe I'm like just taking it in super, super, super. However, uh, but yeah, I thought it was very, very, very good. I feel like your breakdown of this matched a five better than your 4.5 breakdowns match a 4.5. <laughs> how, so, how do you feel about this one, Bonnie? Yeah, so like basically, you know, like he's, you know, successful, he's made it and kind of everybody's kind of asking for support and money. And, um, you know, he's stressed out because of everything that's happened and, you know, because of his hard work and because of, you know, he's has so much more responsibilities now. Um, but at the same time, like it doesn't stop him from also still being depressed and how he doesn't really feel like, you know, even though he has all of this like greatness around him uh, now, um, that you know there does he doesn't really feel like anybody really cares about what he's going through and what he's gone through and you know just kind of how he can help solve other people's problems um and he mentions the fact that his cousin hung himself and you know that you know that he lost his baby and it's it is just a very sad depressing reality um you know which you know, could be part of the reason why I wasn't really feeling so connected to this project. Um, not because it's bad, but, you know, but maybe just because it's a bit of a downer and that's not really something that I would personally choose to listen to. Um, but I totally understand why he's feeling this way. Um, you know, and he talks about the fact that, you know, everybody drinks and, but nobody really admits the reason that they're drinking, you know, and it's because of like the realities of like this hood life that they've ex all experienced together. And like, you know, that it is, you know, because of depression and like, because of like, you know, these lived, ex lived experiences. So um, I think that that's, you know, really cool that he's able to like kind of connect all of this 
and make sense of it in his mind. Um, and I like the speech at the end by Wallow 2 or Wallow 267. Um, I thought it was good. Um, and this one is just like another song about like his struggles and kind of the things he's questioning and, you know, what, you know, his perception is of the people around him and how, how they are. So I give this a 4.4 on 5. I like this song again it's like this deeper side of it and I, I had to start listening to it because earlier in the project and i do believe sequencing matters he talks about almost in a callous way like people don't like perceive you stressed you know like they don't like you know, imagine conway stressed you know it's almost like this this big bravado image that gets put on all the time and to a point where maybe people don't like really realize how stressed he is so it's like to deal with that situation he makes songs like this so you can actually hear about some of the stuff that's going on in his mind and how he feels and <clears throat> there's a bunch of different things that are on his mind like i guess there is that implication where like you know you get signed to shady so you get this crazy amount of money and then people like just expect all kinds of great shit people expect you to be there for them and honestly like i, don't, I can't say i have money like that but i can imagine that the second i did a whole bunch of people are gonna be up in my face like hey because that's just yep. kind of what it is. And when you're broke and you just kind of got effort and grind and shit, you know, people are way less interested in you. And there's certain people I would be willing to help out in those moments, but there's certainly people I would be like, eh, am I really going to give you money? Like, you kind of were a dick. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, there's people who just expect a lot and they don't really care about the cost that puts on you. And yeah, I can only imagine what that's like when you're actually doing really, really well in life. That's something I think about a lot when I hear these songs. Um, and this the idea. Do anybody care that I'm stressed? Most of my homies died. The rest of them are doing time. Do anybody care I'm stressed? It's big bars. And you could put out a hundred times and most people ain't really going to care on a personal level. You could write all these songs. People are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got money, guy. You're doing well, you know? <clears throat> and I feel like he's responding to that. And then it's like, you know, kind of talking about how he lost his kid or how he lost his cousin or the fact that he's an alcoholic. And he's just kind of like, are we even willing to have that conversation that maybe the fact that we drink every day and get fucked up every day is a disease and we're all kind of fucking depressed and shit? Like, are we going to acknowledge this in the world? <clears throat> and I really think yeah. it's cool to put this song out the way he did. Like, he really tackled this shit from, like, a growing ass man trying to have an honest conversation about what it's like to be him and the things that are on his mind and then even his coping mechanisms and how complicated the current socio-dynamic politics of the it are like it just feels like you want something more peaceful in his life and i think that's cool and then to complement it with the outro where <clears throat> he kind of shows an outline for what he wants it's like he paints the reality that he's feeling but unlike the 90s, which kind of often left everything like that, in this current era, it's like people are trying to solution more. So he's painting this cooler utopia where, like, it could go in that direction. And I think it's a really well-constructed song, and it, and it really helps add layers to the earlier tracks. So it's not just vapid Griselda flexing. It's like now it's more complicated because you're seeing the deeper layers to the onion that is kanye the machine um it's like a 4.5 to me uh, kanye conway conway not kanye my bad <laughs> whatever conway it's how it's how it catch happens. chris <clears throat> for a second i was like I, did i make that up nah, or it's possible <laughs> nah, i'm gonna call it it's cool so much more that's next
This is nice. How do you feel about it, Chris? I like how he's following up from kind of expressing how he's super stressed to trying to show people that he's more, that he's not just (laughs) a lot of maybe the bars or a lot of like what he speaks about, but he does have other ventures. He does have other, you know, brands and investments that he's looking into. He has other sides of him that he wants people to see, which I thought was super cool. I like the powerful intro line on the first verse. They say the eyes is the window to the soul of a man. I was Mm. like, that's a really hard line to start with. I thought that really captivated me in there. Uh, I like how he, again, he stands out and just kind of like divides himself by saying like, I see you and you look weak to me and that stuff. So it's like, I like how he's still keeping that. Like I'm better claims. He's a legend, which definitely is always, uh, is always a fact here. Um, I like it. I think it's in the second verse. I like how he addresses the um, he makes this parallel to like labels and 360 deals to still being like in slavery because like the, the labels and stuff still like own the own the masters and happens to be white people or whatnot, which I thought was something really standing out. Uh, I like how he addresses again, like this organic love and you should just kind of be real with yourself and get your fans to organically come to you and not kind of pay into some of maybe the payolas or whatnot. Um, which I thought, I thought that's just very real of him. The way that I see him is like, yeah, you did put all like the, the, the groundwork and ran the roads and, and got people to like really fuck with you organically. So that was super dope. Um, but I just, I can't get over the chorus. I think that's, what's really standing out, standing out to me is just the fact that he wants people to know that there's so much more to him, like kind of this acknowledgement of like, I know what I give you. I'm aware of the lyrics I give you. I'm aware of like maybe the persona and shit, but like you need to also understand that this is my story and I'm trying to explain it the way I can. And there's so much more than what you guys think there is. And I just thought that that was very powerful and, and, you know, a little bit relatable too, where it's like, just as an artist myself or the way sometimes I feel like, yo, there's so much more to me that people don't know or don't realize that it's like, I'm trying to show y'all I'm trying to catch up and get it to where it's supposed to be. But like, damn you know like some sometimes it's just you get a certain you hear certain opinions about yourself from people and you're like man if only you knew um i thought it was dope i thought it was really really good i feel like there's a kind of like a little shift in this project now a lot of these songs seem to have this like somber tone this more like smoother type of real like not heavy heavy like gangster bars i want to say lack for for a lack of a better term uh but overall i thought this was super cool i left this with a 4.7 on five i thought it was a nice follow-up to the last one yeah i agree with chris i definitely feel like there's definitely like a, a shift um in this album um and you know it, like so what he's talking about here is that he is a legend um but you know he realizes that he'll never get the the credit for making the impact that he has on like the hip hop uh, world. And, you know, that he is so much more than anyone ever thought uh, that he would be. And like, even like, he's kind of like astounded by his own success and, you know, what he's done and that he is so much more than just a rapper, you know, he's kind of telling his side of the story and um, you know, he, he does a lot of good, in the world and you know that he supports you know and he his community um especially you know he's talking about especially during covid and but you know obviously like there was no publicity for the good things that he does only for like the the bad moments of his life you know where you know 
I mean, that's news. That's how it works. You know, like that's, it is true. So, you know, he only, he gets famous, you know, for like these, like, you know, hard situations that he's in, but he's, you know, he is just a good guy for the most part, just trying to live his life and do, you know, to give back to his community. Um, so it is another sort of heartfelt song, another honest song about the realities of kind of being a, a hood celebrity to the world. Um, and just kind of like what that means to him and like his, how he deals with that. Um, so for me, like, I think that this is probably one of my favorite songs on the album, in my opinion. Um, you know, he is talking about how he is so much more, it is still inspiring and empowering and you know that he's trying to like translate that to other people as well that you know kind of you can be this you are so much more than just that one thing that people think that you are and you know he is he's more than what people think of him based off of the, the you know like Chris said like the very little that they know about him and you know like and I bear I can certainly understand that since I am criticizing his album and I barely know him. So I am that person. Um, so I think it's interesting. I give this a 4.5 on five. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's definitely a pivotal point in terms of like this album's energy has shifted. Like and I feel like you you like it clicks here, like, oh wait, this is the same project? Like, it's got an evolution to it. And I feel like when you think to the story, the early songs kind of paint the picture of where he comes from. And now we're kind of migrating into the things he's dealing with now and the person he is today a little bit. Um, and this is really kind of the first verse is definitely just discussing his impact on the culture and all the different things he's done and debating whether or not he's ever going to get his props or shape, which it is what it is. He's going to... There may be a criticism to be made that Griselda pushes a little thirstily for that legend status. Um, that's some of the <laughs> stuff I've heard through circles of debates I've had over the years. And I'm not saying he's not. I argue that what they've done has excited a lot of mid-30s people to, like, give a shit. Some early 40s people, like, yo, you just you ignited a whole bunch of us to care about new music again. So that, <laughs> that has an impact for sure. Um, and then I like the chorus because it reminds me of Kanye which is weird, but like, I mean, because I hit Kanye the machine before, whatever. But it reminds me of him because it reminds me of that 2013 interview he did where he's like, I'm so much more than a rapper. I'm not just a rapper. I'm so much, I do all this other shit. And if you look at Kanye now, he's so much more than a rapper. And I feel like you're supposed to want to be more than that. Like, you're supposed to want to be bigger than like just being a rapper. Like, at least in your 30s and 40s and shit, like, why would you just want to be a rapper and live that one life? Like, mm -hmm. there's so many things you can do. There's so many things. Like, you could put 50, 60 hours a week into music and still make entire moves on the side. You know, like, I don't know. It's inspiring. It's so, like, motivational and shit. And again, you just outlines the yep. situations he's in the realities of dealing with business and people and seeing how shit goes his desires for organic growth and proper marketing and not cheap gimmicks and staying true to yourself and honestly he's just spitting all that shit that people spit all the time about being true but he like pulled it off and shit you know and i really think it's cool to just see him kind of put his perspective on success out there but also the realities of it i think one of my favorite parts is he almost doesn't want to be a legend because or get it while he's alive because then what's the fucking point to fight like what are you gonna do once you're the best what do you do at that mm -hmm. point how do you top yourself you know yep um i really appreciated this one it's got 4.75 on five it's real like kanye is deeper than you would expect 
song and i really appreciate it like if you were questioning the depth and the versatility i think this is a really like it's maybe like his flow is pretty static he does what he does but when you really listen to what he says he has a lot to say and therefore he can just kind of rap how he wants forever because he makes it interesting to listen to him the beat's nice it's uplifting it's not at all in the same level of gritty darkness we were at earlier and i think that's really cool too um I give it a I give it a great already. So let's move on to Chanel Pearls. All right, uh, how do you feel about a sh another shift in tone on this project for a new topic? I feel like Bonnie should start this one. Um, so he's just kind of saying that he's never going to stop. He's going to live this life until he dies. Um, you know, he has you know he has success he's got money he has you know these bougie items and cars and things like that so he can kind of buy whatever he needs to now um you know and just kind of that he used to be involved with some wild shit but now he's living such a different life and you know it's still wild and you know complicated but um he's able to like you know spoiled spoil his lady with like you know chanel pearls and things like that um and at first i was I was guessing that Jill Scott was his like partner because like she sounds very like connected to, to him, but, um, and I don't really know it very much about Jill Scott. Um, and then I looked her up and I looked up trying to figure out who like she was dating, who's Conway's dating. Um, I couldn't find anything about who Conway is actually with like his partner. Um, but Jill Scott is single apparently as of 2022. Um, so not with him, um, apparently. So that was just my misinterpretation. So she does a good job at like being connected and, um, you know, that she sees like, at the very least, it sounds like she sees like, and knows the effort that he's putting in, uh, to, to be with her and to like support her and kind of like give her like, you know, this, you know, very different life from what she had. So, I mean, either way, it could be that she went through a similar situation or she's just, I don't know, putting herself in that position. Um, so for me, it's a good kind of like romantic song about kind of finding like the best partner for you and not just like, you know, spoiling them, but like also, you know, appreciating them. Mm. So, yeah, I gave it a 4.4 on 5. How do you feel, Christopher Forehead? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so bonnie bonnie i think hit it nicely on the nail right there uh it does feel like a conway the machine type of love song um i think jill scott is playing the role of like the woman who held conway down throughout these times and i kind of get this feeling because throughout his verse it doesn't really seem like he's like kind of what i'm used to like in some of these love songs where they like really praise the woman it's more like yo, my homies fucked up and you were there to hold me down. And then this shit happened and you were there to hold me down. And like, yeah, we had some smoke passing around before we had some of the fun times. But when I started realizing shit, it was like, oh, fuck, like people are changing, but you're still being real with me. And I really like how he took that kind of aspect instead of just kind of giving her flowers throughout the whole thing. It was more like these are the reasons I love you. These are the reasons I need you in my life. These are the reasons I feel this way, because like well, people are fake, people are shady, whatever. 
so I thought that was pretty, pretty solid. I like how um, it goes from like Conway to Jill Scott right away. Like kind of they're having this like conversation with each other in a sense, building that like atmosphere and like a very comforting type of zone, the way the music kind of gets me going. And it's like, okay, I feel like honestly, if this was me, I'd be like, I'm on the couch just kind of telling her these things. And she's like kind of responding is kind of how I took this in my little Chris Chrome weird visionary brain. Um, but Jill Scott did amazing, honestly, uh, like just the softness in her voice and, and just the way she conveyed like the comfort and, and the power between both of them, I felt like was just really, really dope. I like how she's like, fuck the little girls that you hit waiting for the cha- for the change they might get. It's like that that determination and she knows she's better. She knows that she's like there, but also acknowledging that like they kind of maybe again, remember, I'm taking this as like Jill Scott's playing a role in this song. So like right um kind of showing how like like i watched you go through your trials and tribulations i watched you deal with other women and now it's time for me to step in and really set your life straight type i like that i like how she again solidifies that in her verse uh my lane taught you some game you got me nice with a blick uh and i like how she's like yo you actually learned something from me like it wasn't always just one-sided it was like we really built with each other so i thought that was really cool and just i don't really get the out the out chorus, I was like, all right, sounds nice. Lyrical artesians, I guess that's like some type of, anyway, whatever. It was cool. All of it was really, really dope. I left this with a 4.5 on 5. Artisans, Chris. Let's do it together, everyone. Artisan definition. I'm just showing you how to figure out words. A worker in a skilled trade, especially one that involves making things by hand think back to what they mm, do that that relates that makes sense that's dope i should google artisans it. you know think about the occupations described and then the Dang. lyrics and then the fact you know there you go anyway i'm having fun with y'all everybody this is definitely like it's a power good. couple song i think and again i think it's not just like i mean on top of everything else that said i think it's like a template in a sense it's like stuff to like how to treat a person how to like show somebody that's going to appreciate these things in you with stuff to look out for like, you don't really hear him being like, oh, shoddy got a booty so fine. Facts. Facts. All, all this shit is like, yo, we live in this life, and I'm just considering how, like, you held it down, how, like, all things considered, you were there. You're my situation. You're the one that I want to appreciate, that I want to be with. You're that gets my shit. Remember, like, he got the, a lady the bag so fucking big, he put the, she put the gun in it and shit. Like, you know, they, they ride or die with that. And then you have Jill Scott's verse where it's almost like, you know, as much as she she's presenting how you deal with a dude like Kanye, you know, <laughs> like down to acknowledging that whatever, if they hits whatever, it's not going to, you know, whatever other girls it isn't going to impact what they have whatever you're going she's going to be there for the bigger picture the longer game etc and then she's like almost like yo remember what really matters remember when you played woo and ella fitzgerald and i read nietzsche and you let me sleep inside this crib where i was holding you you know like it's it's kind of bringing it up with the like intimacy and the the warmth of the vibe that she's creating and meanwhile spitting that really hard shit and it's like i think showing a template of what some happy growth shit looks like in his life and it's again giving you something more than just his testimony but something you can learn from with it which i think is really cool this is one of the better sounds on the album to me um and it's really cool and like the way that he lets women just rap and dominate shit on his album like that as boss as well 
4.5 on 5. Because it's not just like she a hoe type shit, you know? It's, it's different. Like, she might equal it. She can take that pen game and rap it too. It's fucking fire. Let's get it. And I like that. Mm. I like that vibe where it feels like she's just as good as him on every level. Because they work together. Yeah, because Jill Scott is like an actual poet and hip-hop influence yeah. type girl. Like, like, I don't really know much about her, but she sounds like very much like, sp- like you know, spoken word poetry kind of. So, so I think that's I mean, super cool. Just the overall blend of all that shit. Um, so, yeah, I guess I don't know what Chris was going to say. Oh, no, I was just going to be like uh, Jill Scott. When the name came up, I was like, this is going to be good. Like my mom used to listen to her and stuff like that. So like yeah, she's cool. she's somebody that I'm not driving to. I'm not going directly for her. But like Fire. I was like, yeah, this is going to be nice. All right. Let's listen to Bob Bass. How do you feel about this song? Um, okay, so first off, I thought like when I first listened to it a few times, I was like, this is some sort of like sexualized type of scene here, and this is dope. And then we get Conway making it super serious, and I was like, no, this can't really be it. And then sat down, read the lyrics, and now I feel like Keisha Plum is playing this like afterlife person and like kind of showing Conway what like the afterlife is in the glimpse because like just with the intro blood gurgling at the back of his throat the smell of gunpowder suffocates his nose kind of seems like we're dealing with this is the incident that Conway may have gotten shot and like he's kind of seeing some type of heavenly (laughs) goddess like person who's like bringing him to what I guess the promised land would be in a sense where as we find out it's just sexually and it's great. And and there's like the girl fingering the other girl and it's all super dope and all this shit. But um, what's really cool is like, you kind of get that first before the story. Like you just kind of like, you get the, the essence of like where the, where this, I guess he's going or what he's seeing or however this may have gone. Um, and then the interlude with God don't make mistakes. God don't make mistakes. It's like, well, if you are deserving of this and this is God that doesn't make mistakes, then clearly it wasn't a mistake to still have you around to this day in mm. 2022 and mm-hmm. whenever this happens. So I think it's supposed to reinforce this idea of like, God didn't make the mistake. You were supposed to live through this to be able to get to where you are today. Mm. And I think that's kind of where I could be reaching, but I think that's where it is because when Conway comes in, it's like, oh, zipper on the stomach. That's mad stitches, young mothers, crack addictions. And it just kind of goes from there. And it doesn't seem like the most happiest time, like public schools, underpaid teachers, miseducation, race discrimination, fuck a job application. You know, it's like, you're, you're kind of getting like, you know you look through it all these 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 again struggles and stuff and then he ends with look what i became i went from a king to a god and i'm like oh you're telling us like from the beginning if you listen to the whole project from the beginning when you were abused to now this is where we get the first verse scene of what you're experiencing when that happened that tragic scene may have happened to where you became a god in this lovely place I thought it was cool. I thought it was really great. I I had to really sit with this and kind of figure it out, but I thought it was super, super dope. I gave this a 4.5 on five. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of, did you give your thoughts, Bonnie? 
No, you can go. No, you can go. I don't want to forget. Okay. Um, so Keisha just kind of sounds like she is sat like saying a poem um, again, like rather than like a verse. Um, like, and even though it's like super like blatant, it's also like super dope. I really liked what she did. Um, and this beat was really something else. Like it like speeds up and slows down and it sounds like it's like off beat half the time, but it's on purpose and it kind of like loops over itself. And it's, it is definitely weird, but it works with this song. Like it definitely like puts you in like a off kilter like feeling. Um, it is very grimy. Like his verse is like, you know, really good. And like kind of Chris, Chris kind of touched on that. Um, like I did find that like the beat was like so consuming on this song and kind of like overpowering that like the words for me kind of got lost. Like I just kept like getting drawn into like the beat unless the verse. Um, so that's my opinion on that. Um, and like, it could also like be because like, he's talking about like this kind of like situation that was like off and like it was kind of like jarring and like you know it was it didn't really fit into like the proper flow so it could just be kind of his like reflections through sound on how he was feeling um so for me it was kind of a little bit weird but it is still a good one so i gave it a 4.3 on five yeah i like it i like a lot i think chris kind of like hit it pretty much with it where keisha plum's kind of narrating that moment where he gets shot And he's kind of like his life is flashing before his eyes. And that's how come he kind of evolves from like the more gritty shit into the more of the fantasy world, you know. So Keisha Plum meets the machine. On the one hand, they make this great music. It's a cool thing. But if her character meets the machine and it's going into death and your life is flashing into fantasy life, apparently it's supposed to be one hell of a high. I don't know if you're talking about drug, like the impact of almost dying in that moment. I don't know. But the God don't make mistakes. I took it like. You know, in that sense, like every moment happens on purpose and you have to live through it and it's not a mistake. And God just allows things to happen. And as long as you utilize the cards dealt and understand that and almost have the humility to recognize that God don't make mistakes, things happen. In a sense, you can kind of move on from it. And then that whole verse from Conway, it like evolves from just this is the environment and just let me break down all the shit, you know, everything bad. And it's pretty well informed. It really breaks down a lot of elements about the system and all of that shit. And then he migrates into, you know, it wasn't Jesus Christ. It was a 45. That's my savior. So he got shot. Then he gets Bell's palsy, bullet scars, foreign cars, celestial beings aligned with the stars. So it's almost like because of this moment, he gets this like almost revelation and he's able to become a god from previously being a king and evolve into this higher form. And I think it's really cool way to like manifest that idea of how God don't make mistakes in his life. Um, I think it's a really strong song. It's like a 4.75. It's it's really cool, but it also does kind of culminate like when you're thinking about the whole project and its evolution, it's like, you know, everything kind of happens surrounds this one pivotal moment in his life, you know? And there's the before, the after, all these different things. But this was the pivotal moment that hits it up. And I think it's a great build up to the following song, right? Because it almost serves as an intro to it in a poetic way. So I really like that as far as placement on the album goes as well. So let's move on to the last one over here. God Don't Make Mistakes, the title track. That's a big way to end the album, you know? Big way. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. How do you feel, Bonnie? Um, so this one is definitely like a more reflective sounding beat. Um, and I think that's what this is. This is a reflective song. Um, and we have featured on here Annette Price. And I like that the last like three songs on this album all feature women. And I think like the importance that women have on his life. So I think that that's like an interesting connection. Um, so he's just kind of thinking about all of like the what ifs in his past and like, you know, what if he had done this instead of that? And, you know, like things would have taken him in a very different, you know, direction. And uh, it's kind of like why he's appreciating each day for what it is, because, you know, he has made decisions in, in his past that were different from others and, you know, ended up in bad situations. And so he's kind of, you know, he is, he is still connecting to the, to the time when he was shot and, you know, how he ended up in the hospital and everything, um, you know, but like, he is kind of saying like, well, if that hadn't happened, you know, all this other stuff wouldn't have happened, you know, like, or it might not have happened, you know, and like how, you know, like he, he dodged being killed, you know, you know, so many times and that he, he made different choices that he, you know, so that he, that God kept him safe essentially. And, you know, how everything happens for a reason and how each decision leads to another. And that's just how life works. Um, and, you know, like I said, if you, if he hadn't been shot, would you be still listening to this album right now? Would people know who he is? Would people care about who he is or, you know, what he has to say? Um, you know, would he have made different uh, choices that would have changed his life in a very different way? Um, you know, and he's kind of saying like, you know, if I hadn't, if this hadn't had happened to me, like I probably would have, you know, gotten more involved in like street shit. And, you know, he can, kind of still fears like falling back into like that old path and like, you know, where he is at much higher risk of dying. And so he's, he's just kind of appreciating all of that and that, you know, that this instant kind of like was like, yo, like you need to like wake up and like do something different. So it is like very like reflective and honest. And, you know, I appreciate how like self-aware he is and like, you know, what his circumstances are, um, you know, and at the end we have like, you know, what sounds like his mother um, speaking to him, you know, while he was in the hospital having just been shot you know just kind of like you know speaking to him and you know even though he may not be fully like actively listening um you know like she's just kind of saying like you know god doesn't make mistakes and it's praying for him and then at the end we have the you know like the beeping of the heart monitor like it flat lines and so like it made me wonder like did he die like when he was shot and was brought back like you know did he have like a, a literal death experience and then came back from that so like i don't really know uh the details of that but it's definitely like an impactful and thoughtful ending um and just kind of questioning the wilds of life so yeah i gave it a 4.5 on 5. chris uh this is a very very heavy song um I'm even listening to it again. I'm literally like holding back tears because it's really powerful the way his mom, or at least I guess somebody was playing his mom or whatever, um, like really puts in that like that fear and and just the 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 
at the same time, like this proud for him and like really happy that he did all the things he did and like kind of like giving him his flowers, which is to me like on another deeper level. Cause in like one of the tracks before he's like, you know, address us now as legends or this, that, and like, don't wait till I'm dead to give me my flowers, which was cool. Not trying to say anything about the mother like that, just like the idea and the concept of it. Um, something that stuck with me is first off Conway does a really great job in the verse and Bonnie pretty much broke it down. So I don't want to like repeat a bunch of what was there, but something that did stuck out to me was like the idea of God not making mistakes and how uh, the mother addresses like, you know, all the loose leaf I bought you and all the, all the things that like I thought I was doing for like, like for you for school and, and things that you should have been, but you were out here making different options and you were using alternatives and, like you really found other ways to kind of use your resources to, to make it work. And it just kind of got me thinking about like, maybe like how we do some of the shit when we grew up and how like, you know, our parents bought us books and stuff. And like, we use them to write lyrics. We use them to like, whatever, draw, do all this shit, which later on in our life only makes sense. Like at the time, it's like, you don't really, you don't really know why you're doing all these things and they may not understand. But then like later on when you either become successful or you see shit starting to move and like all these things start developing, it's like, wow, like God really doesn't like make mistakes and you really go through like certain shit in weird ways and people view it as like differently. Um, Overall, the song is really powerful. I think it's a good reminder to people after going through the full project to be like, you know, life is precious. Um, I could have lost mine. And that's something also with like the final ending um, that that kind of terrified the fuck out of me. I ain't going to lie about that. Um, but overall, like this, this song is like a 4.8 on five, maybe even like a five on five. I can't fully can't fully decide still, but um, one of those two. Mm. And it's it's just a really good reminder. And and just the just just to talk about a little bit about Conway's because I didn't do anything the essence of reflecting all of it is also something very powerful because I think a lot of people sit here with the what ifs and what if this and what if that. So yeah. just to say something about the verse, but overall, yeah, it was dope. So yo, y'all were like talking all that shit. I was like, yo, the song's cool, but did you see what he really just did here? Let's talk about the big boy boom side of this. <clears throat> he featured his mom on a Shady <laughs> Records album. She's eating for yeah. life off of that. She's getting checks off of that move. Yeah. And yeah. it fits the project artistically as like the perfect closing. That's cool. Like, no, like, is everybody that you feature is going to get a copyright thing with the ass cans and the BMIs and the soul cans and all that, right? So, as this shit starts to like collect money over the years off of sales and shit like his mom is going to collect royalty checks for like time off of this and that's kind of like super cool because of like it's it's almost like yo it really wasn't a mistake look what i can do for you now i'm like there's that extra layer to it that i think is really dope and he just continues to show you ways that you can do some cool shit um aside of that i think you guys touched on a song pretty like with it i like the scenarios how like over the course of any significant moment in your life you can always reflect on the different decisions that led you there and 
how like if he'd ended up in jail he knows nobody would have cared but i guess it all just worked out in this situation and he does say he like was almost dead twice so i guess he was legally dead and then came back a couple of times and he survived and came through and overcame the circumstances and it allowed him to be in this situation but i suppose you're left with wondering is there a way it could have gone down without this could it have been different and then as he's just kind of pouring it out you're like this is pretty deep you know and then i think the main thing he touches on though is something that again is a indie rapper tip it's almost not even about this skill it's like if i hadn't been shot and survived would my story still inspire millions would alchemist ever find us like yo even look at 50 like people want to downplay the fact that he got shot nine times but i remember in like 2002 three or whatever that's all anybody ever talked about even more than the music that's all anybody cared about and it's like you got and i don't want to like boil shit down to it but this whole album is is that story of him getting shot and overcoming and the problems and the the stuff that goes through it. And it makes this album so inspiring because of where he ends up and his life allowed it to work out like that. So without all of this, could we even get this album where he could say Paul and Eminem have signed us? So it's, it's like, it's really deep to me. And then again, it's not even just about him. Get the assist with my bros, even if he's the one lifting the load. Like, it's not just about him. It's about getting everyone there. Then his mom comes through, and he does his little singy outro, and it's kind of left to wonder, like, yo, even though we're still here, what if? It's like it gives you that open-ended what if. And I think that's cool because it's not said. He switches it to I wonder. But it's still that open-ended what if. And then the mom part's really tearful, and then it ends with the flat line, and you're like... Oh, but like he's here, so it's okay. But it's a really beautiful art project, and I'm really like impressed with that. Um, I mean, look, like I I would not listen to this that often, so I don't want to call it a five. But I, f- I think it's fairly artful enough to be in that realm. So it's like yeah. a four point five, I guess. Um, how do y'all feel about the album as a whole? So overall, I gave it a four point three four on five so it's 86.8 percent. so it's a pretty good album um you know i definitely had my like moments going through this um that i was like i don't know if this is if i'm gonna be able to do this album like this that just made me feel like uncomfortable and whatever but i you know i got through it and did that um but yeah i mean it is a good story it is uh i mean you'd get to know um conway and like what is that noise why do i hear like something playing oh my bad that's me it's very distracting sorry um thank you and uh yeah so it's uh yeah good album uh surprisingly by the end i thought it was a good album Mm, so what bonnie learned is don't judge a album by its first four songs i guess how do you feel chris (laughs) Um, after going through the whole project, I think that this is a really good way to get Conway in a full aspect. Um, if you've never listened to Conway and you listen to this project, you're going to get a full, what I feel is like a full description of who he is, the different layers, the different sides. Uh, and it feels like an actual, I don't want to say actual like that, but like an album. A lot of what I got in from 
Conway and stuff, it's, it seems a lot of just, I don't want to say repetitive in a negative sense, but it's like very, I call it consistent throughout the whole thing. This has many layers. This threw me around in certain ways. There was some songs I was like, I'm just going to call it. I don't know shit of shit. Uh, but the other ones are pretty much direct and they're layered with enough stuff that you can kind of pull a lot of wisdom from it and a lot of just good, good things from it. And yeah, overall, it came up to a 4.42 after I calculated. Um, I thought it was pretty solid. And yeah, yeah. So I think what Conway the Machine did is he was like, fuck it. There need to be a movie about my life and I'm going to make the soundtrack already. And then they can just buy my life story and make a movie called God Don't Make Mistakes. And we already got the music ready up in the money he gives to his mom and shit. And that's what this feels like to me. It's like a really big album in terms of really introducing you to Conway the Machine, because this isn't just for the people that have been supporting him right like it's not just for that like those people have been there when you're at doing this big album big launch thing it's almost for like everybody that wasn't on board at the same time and i think he does a really good job of of, of really checking a lot of boxes and being super versatile and showing off enough sides of him that like these songs become stickier and if like you don't go listen to the 18 other griselda projects that'll drop over the next two years and you just focus on the albums, let's say, uh, you're left with like a really good, like polished, this is almost some like the best of Kanye, uh, Conway, I said it again, fuck, the <laughs> best of Conway um, in like one little box. And I really like that. But it also feels like you're listening to a movie and it's really well constructed emotional tone. And I'm really impressed with it, actually, like, because you go into it and you're like, okay, what's it going to be? You know, what's it really going to be like? Like WWCD was I, it didn't feel like a fucking movie like this. And I really do think it was nice. So I have to say, I really enjoyed it. I guess it's a 4.5. Like, I, I don't know if this is going to be like considered a classic by a lot of people, but arguably it checks all the boxes of what all the classic albums do. And then you're left with what time will do with it. And if people choose to listen to it in a decade, we call it a classic. Otherwise, we won't. That's how it's going to go down for that side of it. But, yo, I guess that's the end of it, though. Appreciate all of you coming through, watching it on the live. For those of you that didn't watch it on the live, twitch.tv slash behind that suit. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate you watching it, not on the live, too, or on YouTube or wherever you're at with it. So make sure to like, comment, subscribe, follow. If y'all want us to review particular albums, patreon.com slash behind that suit, and then you can earn that super duper buy the rights to do it really quickly privileges. Um, all your lady fan Bonnie on Instagram. Yeah, all of our links will be in the descriptions and stuff. Follow, and anybody that wants to tweet Chris Chrome 93. He misses that for the no one time he got a tweet, so you can give him love there. Um, <laughs> on that note, though, for real, we appreciate tweet everybody me. who support this and, and allow us to keep running this and to show up. Because if people weren't showing up, it would be so much harder to be as enthusiastic to come through and do this with love and shit. Yes. And it's a community vibe, in my opinion. This is what it is. Shut up, Chris's cat in the background. Big VIP yes. of the episode. Uh, I just want to say before it ends, the entire time we're talking about the serious fucking song and like the death of Conway, she's there just like doing her cat business. And I'm just like, that's how it be, man. Oh, that's, the, that's, that's the essence of life with cats. <laughs> On that note, appreciate yeah, you all one more time. It's been really great. Don't even know what comes back. Lindell, don't worry. Your Patreon request will come soon enough. 
And on that note, everybody, live long and prosper. Peace, everyone.